Blog Talk Radio. Dear Heavenly Father, 
We thank you for this opportunity again, praise your name, to be able to even meet and pray together and to talk to you and to share testimonies and to to spend time in that secret place of the Most High. As we learn a new level of long-suffering and patience, as we reevaluate the end times dynamics against the scripture and watch your movie continue forward, perhaps not at the speed that we were hoping, but nevertheless, uh, progressing forward clearly as it has been for so many years, but now seemingly at a new pace. Father, we just praise you for helping us in our growth in such a manner that we are able to gracefully handle the ebb and tide of the magnitude of the end times events that are surrounding us at this time. And we pray in Jesus' name, Father, that through the presence of the Holy Spirit and and the living God, our Lord Jesus, in us, that we will not be misled and deceived into our our hearts and our minds to be pulled into Babylon the Great and being concerned or overly interested, quite frankly, with the things that are going to be happening in Congress, which will cause us to lose sight of the things that are biblical uh, and clearly associated with our imminent departure which clearly is uh, the, from, a, from a, our ability to be able to, to actively monitor uh, these things, uh, it seems to me that the most obvious of them all, the, the thing that we can track and see the most clearly, is the uh, imminent approach of the global financial collapse, which will include the petrodollar and all the Western states, ultimately. And Father, we you know that we know there are other triggers and other things in the Bible that uh, help us to understand where we are in our timeline. But at the same time, it seems that there's nothing quite as clear. You know, wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, famine, uh, Psalm 91, seeing a thousand. To, you know, die to our, you know, and 10,000 to our le- left side. And, you know, all these things are, are loaded in, and packed with metaphor and, and, and explicit verifiable meaning to some degree, but it'll, it, each one of us are located in different places across 8 billion people across this very big planet. So it's the those types of dynamics are very difficult to track because they're going to, different things are going to be happening to different people all over the world at different times. The one thing that seems to have synchronicity, something that is going to be global in scope that we can latch on to and watch is the approach of the global financial collapse, the continued increase in uh, the cost of bread, uh, the continued supply chain interruptions, the the things that, you know, the burning down of the power plants, the uh, destruction of the power plants, the intentional destruction of and burning down of the food processing facilities, the culling of the uh, food supply and the and the poultry and the chicken and the, and the uh, villainization of, of cattle and beef for all the the satanic reasons that make sense to you know those of us who are aware of the wiles of the devil but make absolutely no sense to those who are unbelievers or do or who do not know their bible 
We praise you for helping us to understand these things and to be able to watch these timeline events unfold before us by just simply knowing what those events are and what they will eventually cause while we watch the other events take place, which will, which will ultimately lead up to the full manifestation of World War III, Gog and Magog, and, uh, and, and, and a period of time on the earth that we believe or want to believe with all of our hearts that we will not be here for. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every person out there that has ever listened to this program going all the way back to 2011 will be anointed in such a way that they will be chosen and not simply called. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that the, that those that have been given this wonderful opportunity to prepare ourselves in a manner that, that we are very keenly aware of, because we've been on the journey for so long, that we will continue on that journey and ever increasing with an ever-increasing intensity in our desire to be in your presence and our desire to fall in love with you, Jesus, having realized how many times you've pulled us out of the pit out of the well, when we were having such a hard time getting our emotional acts together. Father, we just praise you for the days that we're in right now. We thank you for the wars and the rumors of wars. We thank you for the revelation associated with the uh, scrolls and in Revelation chapter 6 and how they roll out in parallel. We praise you help for helping us to be able to identify and giving us the information that we needed to know who the Antichrist is, to know uh, that this, this, the abomination of desolation, this whole dynamic that was spoken by, uh, in, by Daniel the prophet and so many others, in different parts of the scripture, is all actually unfolding like like reading a newspaper right now before our eyes, helping us to understand that we're surrounded by these beings that the Testament of Reuben refers to as watchers that are essentially shape-shifting, shining reptilian beings that are referred to as the Nakash in Genesis chapter 3. We praise you for helping us to understand that these entities are um, everywhere. They're in all all the different governments, all government leadership, and the entire world is essentially compromised. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to understand these things because we're not completely befuddled when we see these dynamics unfolding around like our fellow brothers and sisters are in churchianity, and or if I will, if I can say so, evangelical churchianity here in the United States of Babylon the Great. Father, we pray for your forgiveness on behalf of all of our fellow brothers and sisters that have been duped by the various pillow prophets that Brother David Wilkerson had warned us about many times um, and and have fallen in love with the idea of living peacefully and uh, – living peacefully in the United States and just being left alone to be happy and uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance and uh, and just, you know, and putting all of their trust and belief that you, Father God, are going to back a particular man so that they can have a comfortable ride into the end times. Father, they just do not understand and they do not know. They're grasping on to the same people that they've been listening to in some cases for 20 or 30 years. They just do not understand the doctrines that these people are following. They are part of our fellow brothers and sisters. We do not know which of those, if any, are compromised and are actually tares. And tares are not naughty humans. Tares are not human at all. So that would mean they would have to be part of these entities, these beings, these watchers, these reptilians that are so pervasive across the earth right now. 
Thank you for helping us, Father God, to understand that the movies that we see out there are not just we. You know, in our earlier part of our walk, we 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 bought off on the notion that so many Christians who begin to awake buy off or you know accept and um, embrace, which is this idea that it's uh, that that the movies and all these things that are out there around us are just basically uh, the way the devil is is you know a method a method and a tool that the devil would use to program our minds to be thinking a certain way without realizing that Titus 1 verse 15 says to the pure all things are pure and understanding that the ramifications of Ecclesiastes 7 14 when it says that you father God are, are, are you know that we should be praiseful when we're in the days of prosperity but we should also be very wary of the fact that when things go bad it is also coming from you that you are in ultimate control of everything that Satan is able to do, and you will not lift your hand of control off of him until comes the time that the barley harvest is upon us. And Second Thessalonians chapter 2 becomes a reality whereby he that restrains no longer restrains. The devil, or the dragon as it is referred to in Revelation chapter 2, is allowed to, to, to pull down to the earth one-third of these evil angels, which are really the stars in Revelation 6, verse 12, the, the stars falling from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. And to understand the synergy that occurs between all of these events and um, metaphor and, um, uh, well, apocalyptic revelations and mysteries that weave together a tapestry that has unbelievable and supernatural, indeed extraterrestrial harmony, because we are not from here. And if there are any extraterrestrials, it certainly is us, ultimately. And we praise you for that, Father, because that's a revelation that opens up the the universes of understanding to each of us in such a way that gives us a hope that is so powerful that it's beyond anything that any typical Christian would be able to embrace. And that's that's a wonderful, beautiful thing, Father. And we just pray and thank you for those who just don't feel comfortable thinking outside of the box, who are not comfortable with looking at the Apocrypha, who, who want to just go ahead and grab the Bible that they have in their hands and just stick with that that and stay in that place. There's nothing wrong with that. And we praise you for every one of those, our fellow brothers and sisters, who are um, concerned about the level of uh, misinformation that is out there and wish and feel more comfortable in their walk with you to just stick right inside their 31,102 verses in the Bible that they're hugging, which is good. We praise you for them, but Father, let them not be led astray like so many others who unfortunately have been and drawn into various unusual doctrines and belief systems that are outside of the common sense interpretation of the Bible and the ability for us or the um, choice for those of us who want to discover the mysteries of you, the mysteries of the universe, the mysteries of the Holy Scripture, the things that, that uh, Jesus said that, were, that, that really clearly and indeed explicitly, it didn't just imply it, it simply came right out and said it if you can receive it. So if Jesus was tossing out mystery after mystery after mystery to the listeners and to those who pen through the Holy Spirit, our Bible, and John in the last couple of uh, verses of the Gospel of John says that if we had written down everything that Jesus had done, 
I suppose it would fill up enough books to fill up the entire world. Then we know that we don't what we what we are able to understand what we have been given by you, Father, in the Holy Scripture, in the sixty six book canon, without any regard to the fourteen books of the Apocrypha and the twenty two books that are mentioned in the Bible uh, that we do not have. Um, uh, Father, it is just an amazing journey. We praise you for it. We thank you for unraveling so many mysteries and interconnecting the scriptures at a spiritual level so that we're able to see the continuity, the harmony, and understand that there are no conflicts because we are able to sense when we need to look at a particular scripture from an eternal viewpoint, from an earthly viewpoint, from a wise virgin's viewpoint, from a foolish virgin's viewpoint, from a barley harvest viewpoint, from a um, a wheat harvest viewpoint, or most sadly, from a tribulation saint or grape harvest standpoint. Understanding that we can monitor carefully uh, prophecies, dreams, and visions and measure them against your word because you have given us the gift of understanding that we needed as a prerequisite to be able to decipher whether or not we were the person we were listening to at any given time was hearing properly. But without the foundation of your word, Father God, and a lot of years of reconciling information streams of probably thousands of sources, it becomes quite evident that without continuous reconciliation and uh, rethinking things, we will never, we, we, we will always be distressed. We will always be distressed. We will always be depressed. We will always be, we'll get ourselves to a place beyond any, I know this, I know people who have gotten to this place where they simply could not take the roller coaster ride anymore. They couldn't be told that that billion dollars that belongs to you is an inheritance in a suitcase from your great aunt, aunt, Auntie May in Greece is going to be given to you tomorrow and then to discover that, no, no, it's not tomorrow, it's not even next year, it's not even four years from now. The disappointment that people feel, the testimony that they've given to those in their witness it's called into question. It embarrasses us sometimes, Father, because we jump the gun and we don't. We we jump, you know, we jump we jump ahead, in in our in our in the in the level of our hope hopefulness, um, and we don't maintain that constant analytical open mind that we need to have as we watch the days unfold around us, not being discouraged when. You know, the wars and rumors of wars appear to be pulling back because we know that at any moment they can accelerate so fast that none of us could even get our arms around that we might wake up to a completely different world in a matter of hours. We don't know and have no idea whatsoever when the seven or eight major cities in the United States of Babylon the Great are going to be blown up by ground-based nuclear bombs which are captured in the prophetic TV series Jericho and also the prophetic um, movie Some of All Fears. We praise you, Father, for allowing us to be able to see that it isn't the devil 
that's making these movies. It's not his trickery or some uh, 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 lesser magic dynamic that we used to believe it was. But now to recognize that, in fact, you're using and have been using many of these movies for more than 50 years to warn us of the things that are coming, if we can receive it. To understand that in 1951 or two, it might have been a couple of years later, there was actually a movie created called The Man from Planet X. Oh, Father, we just praise your name and we thank you for the place that you have brought us to. We know we haven't arrived. We are always very grateful and full of immense gratitude, deep, deep gratitude and love and awe uh, over who you are and we desire to be in your presence more than ever. And the more we get to know you, the more we want to be in your presence. The more we get to know you, Jesus, the more awesome it is. And the more we want to be at you to be our first love and have that trust that we ought to have in you in all aspects of our lives. That we, even when we're going through things that we could, we would, we would never in a bazillion years be able to imagine that we would have to go through. Things that are literally blowing our mind, shocking us. We, we're unable to accept in this realm. We're, we can't even believe, not for a millisecond, that we're going through the things that we're going through. Yet all of it is part of a divine tapestry that is associated with where you are bringing each of us to in this journey. Some of us will be taken home. People around us will think it was because we got sick or we died of natural causes, but that has nothing to do with it. You take us home when you want. As the scripture says, precious in the, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And precious is it for us to receive such a reward, to be able to come home early. Why it is we think we must fly up into the sky to be blessed by coming home, I do not understand and never will. But I do praise you, Father, for the hope that we each have of that day that we will, our bodies will be transformed, regardless of how that occurs, under what circumstances, under what events, or whether or not it is the barley harvest. We praise you, Father, because that's where we want to be in your presence. We want to be in the glory that you have set forth before us, the promises that you have given us through inheritance and rewards, and we hope that we can continue to do better and better for you because we love you. Because we love the people that you have put around us, that you have give, placed in our lives, that the, the holy ground that we stand on when we've been given an opportunity to do good and we choose the righteous thing to do. Oh, Lord, we pray that you will continuously open our eyes and help us to be able to see the opportunities that you are laying before us quite often on a daily basis, but we're so busy and torn into the... Bumbling of, bumblings about of the, of the earthly experience that we have to sustain, that we miss the many miracles. We miss the opportunities that you have given us to touch other people's lives in an incredible way. We're so busy dealing with our own problems. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus for each one of us. We ask you, Father, to look into each of our hearts, to understand where we truly want to be, to understand how awesome we are, 
know that you are, to understand how deeply we want to fall in love with Jesus, to help us to be more sensitive to the opportunities that you lay before us, and to not be fearful and to be able to walk in them with great faith, knowing that you have this in your hand and that we can trust you. And then all those wonderful, glorious scriptures that give us unspeakable joy if we can only embrace the rewards that we receive here, even on this earth, by virtue of trusting you. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 112, verse 7. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. When things get wild and crazy, impossible to believe that they are happening to you, trust God and he will make your path straight. We thank you, Lord, for revealing these things to the hearts of babes. We thank you, Father God, for the very slow transformation that some of us are going through, and we hope that all of us will go through, and we pray that all of us will go through, that will lead us to a more steady path on that narrow path, on that walk, by being able to accept gracefully the possibility that we might be here longer than we originally thought, the possibility that this might drag on for years, so that our hearts do not become depressed, saddened, no matter if we feel that we've done good, we've been doing good for many years, we've touched many people's lives, brought many to salvation, what, you know, just whatever the, the beautiful things that through your presence in our lives that we may have done over the years, it's never going to be enough because there's just not enough laborers in the field. And we're being called to do so much more because it's it's not that you're not awesome, Father, and have options, but obviously to all of us who are awake and aware, there isn't very many people out there harvesting. In fact, many of the prophets, many of the people that we had been following over the last 11 years have gone away. Many of them have picked up and moved to different places, believing in their hearts that they were doing it for their own protection or that they were led by God without even realizing that it is you, Lord, only you that protects us. And it doesn't matter where we physically go. That someone would stop doing their ministry work on behalf, because they're afraid, not realizing, Father, for some reason, that you're ultimately in control of every teeny, weeny, little bitty thing that happens to us. The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. You, Father God, turn it wherever you wish. Proverbs 21, verse 1. Hallelujah. And we know that you control these things. You control our bosses. You control our bosses' bosses. You control the people that own the companies that we work for. You control their thoughts. You control every little aspect of our lives. You make the decision ultimately, no matter what providing that we remain in your hands, providing that we reside in the secret place of the Most High, providing that we lean in on our prayers, providing that we love our Lord Jesus, that we sing songs to him, that we make our relationship with you, you more real than the than this, this, this bizarre existence that we are enduring uh, on this planet for this short time. 
It doesn't seem short to us, Father, but you already know that. Thank you so much, Father, for <laughs> not subjecting us to living 600 years like some of our predecessors. Praise you, Jesus, for shortening that period of time. At least it gives us a better shot under the circumstances. But we give you all the glory, Father, because that is how awesome you are. Thank you for the nebulas. Thank you for the universes. Thank you for the parallel dimensions. Thank you for the trillions of life forms. Thank you for the incredible evidence of, of how big your creation is, understanding, you know, maybe even at a sophomoric level, but nevertheless at a much higher level than most how all these different aspects of our understanding of uh, the, the, the um, trying to think of the right word, cosmos, we'll just say the cosmos, that which is outside of the realm of our, you know, of our earthly existence. We praise you for all of these things because they open our eyes to how awesome the opportunity is that you have laid before us. Forgive us for the days when we were younger and less mature about our walk, that we actually felt a little threatened by imagining that there were other life forms out there. What a privilege it is to humble ourselves to the point that we really can't even believe that you saw fit to give us the chance that you've given us even now. And we praise you for it, Father. We will continue to praise you both now. We will praise you during the day at our work days, we will praise you from our hospital beds. We will praise you from our lonely homes. We will praise you from our betrayed marriages. We will praise you uh, as our children disparage us. We will praise you, Father God, as we go through things that we never thought we would even have the capability emotionally to endure. But we will always remember that you're in control and you need sometimes to move us around in different, not necessarily to different geographies or different locations or whatever, but to move us around so that our hearts are changed, our hearts are conditioned, our attitudes are adjusted, and we're okay with where we are because we believe and we know. It's not a matter of just, hey, Lord, I believe and I pray and I'm going to, you know, and, and, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and praise and supplication, let your needs be made known to God so that the peace of God that will pass all understanding will be upon our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But to be able to recite the scripture is not the same as actually truly trusting you. I've memorized that scripture for over 10 years, probably more like 15. And I spent at least 14 of the 15 absolutely not trusting you and living in a continuous state of fear, anxiety overwhelming, constantly worried about every little thing. And now it's kind of like, Lord, I know you got this. You got this. And now it's just up to us to make the choice to be happy. It's up to us to make the choice to trust you. It's up to us to choose to receive your joy, no matter how nasty that which surrounds us is. Because we're not from here, and we are not staying here. And we praise you for all the wonderful, unbelievable, grace-filled options that you have laid before us. You are truly an awesome Father. And we praise your name forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Tonight, thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Tonight is November the 18th of 2022, the 24th of Cheshvan 5783. As I get older, (laughs) hey, I'm officially a senior citizen now because I'm over 60. I guess I get a discount on a triple cheese, extra cheese, uh, you know, everything on it kind of thing. Um, But anyway... um, the next holiday is Rosh Kodesh Kislev, and that would be on November the 24th of 2022. Praise you, Jesus. The time now is 7, focusing in my eyes, 32 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And tonight, together, Father God, not because it's Friday, not because it's any other day, but in accordance with Romans 14, because we love you, we light our Sabbath candles, if we want. We don't have to. There's no requirement to, but we do it because we love you and we want to honor you. And I like to light three, one for the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And I hope they don't run out because the tea lights are a little low. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, again, thank you so much for bringing us to where we are and give us the patience of Job to endure the years, that are, the years, as it appears, that are ahead of us. And we pray, if it is at all possible, Father, if you can shorten that time, please do. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavah v'ratzon hinchilanu Zikaron lemase vereshit Ki huyom techila Lemikra e kodesh, zechelitiat mitraim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Vishabhat kodshecha be'ava uvratzon hinchaltanu. Baruch atah Adonai mekadesh Praise God. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our spirit, our soul, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood. And Father, purge it with your holy fire. In Jesus' name. Father, we come before you and we admit sin. It's not willful and habitual. 
At least we pray that it's not. And if it is, we ask you, please, for extra divine assistance to pull us out of the rut that we have slipped into. If it isn't, we know that we are in it. We know it because the scripture says so. Father, we confess of the things before you that are beyond our comprehension, things that we just simply don't know any better. If there is any course correction that we need in our lives, we pray, Lord, please, allow that course correction to take place in any way that is necessary to bring us to that harmony of your will. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. Oh, how beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Oh, 
traditional ministries. I almost feel embarrassed doing this because it is too much like you know, traditional churchianity ministry work, but that's not intended to be that way. Um, I And I hope that I remember um, this coming Sunday night to also repeat the same information. And I know it won't reach everybody because everyone's different and some people listen to the emails only and some people listen to the shows, but they only listen to part of the shows or they like the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, but they don't listen to the Wednesday show and blah, 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 blah. So that means that there will always, there's always going to be a percentage of the people um, that, you know, join us that uh, will be caught off guard. Okay, caught off guard because they won't hear any. They won't hear the announcement. They just won't know, and then it'll cause confusion. And of course, I'll be on vacation somewhere in a distant, faraway land, such as Pennsylvania, enjoying some holiday figgy pudding, and uh, noticing on my emails that several people did not get the message, and we're wondering where am I? All right, praise God. So I wanted to share this. You know, it's funny, you have to do it at work. you got to post and publish in multiple locations. Like it, Sometimes it's only one location, but my workplace is in transition, so you got to publish information all over the place. So there's a lot of double entry. But anyway, um, so for Thanksgiving, uh, Wednesday night, the 23rd, that would normally be a night that we would do with Warren Peterson on, um, you know, uh, hit, you know, hit the Satanic Rebellion and all that. We that Wednesday the twenty third. That's my cooking night. Okay, I I just just as an FYI, um, the Lord has. I don't know what you want to call it, like a triple blessing, but the people that ha- I have been hiring to come to help me with house renovations substantial ones. Um, they, I asked them if they, they just seemed like they might be the type of people that didn't have any place to go to Thanksgiving, right? And I just had a feeling. And so I said, would you be interested in joining 
you know, me here for Thanksgiving, uh, you know, because we put out a pretty big layout and all that kind of stuff. And so I was very surprised that um, uh, not only – so both of the people said yes, and both of the people asked if it was okay if they could bring another person at least one other person. So it appears that for the first time in about five plus years, well, no, I would have to go back a lot lot longer, probably more than 10 years. Um, this is going to be a pretty full house on Thanksgiving, which is kind of cool for me because, you know, <laughs> I live in, I live in the epitome of solitude. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, you know, if, 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 uh, if, uh, Paul was a prisoner of Christ, I, <laughs> I'm in solitary confinement in the supermax. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, yeah, this is a very unusual dynamic that I am highly unaccustomed to. However, I, for some reason, I love to cook. Well, I have always loved to cook and have, you know, I'm actually quite good at it. Almost opened up a restaurant, um, you know, not to the point of getting a loan, but I put some serious thought into it. Um. But anyway, um, so historically, I would just go ahead, even when I wasn't sure if anyone was coming, even my own daughter, um, I would still just go ahead because I enjoyed doing it and cook everything anyway. So I'd have like, you know, eight uh, nine by 13 pans full of different dishes and stuff and turkey and ham and cheesecake and everything else under the sun. And I really didn't even know if anyone was coming at all. I mean, I cooked the whole meal out of faith. Fortunately, I've, I've, there's only – anyway, long story short, it's usually just a small group. It seems like it's going to be a, possibly one, two, three, four, possibly an additional four, maybe an additional six. Um, above the norm, which is amazing, um, and uh, and so that amplifies. I don't know what the right word is. It increases substantially the importance of food preparation on the twenty third because of the size. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of work involved. A lot of work. So basically, anything that doesn't dominate the stove and have to be put in and out of the two ovens, et cetera. I have an old, a very, very old GE oven that <laughs> was in the house when I bought it in 2001. I, it had to have been from the original 1978 build. But anyway, I thought to myself, well, instead of throwing this on a pickup truck and tossing it away, why don't I just hook it up out in the garage? And it's come out, come very handy, very handy because of the sheer number of dishes that I cook. It's it's like a Thanksgiving buffet. It's really fun, and I praise God that I'm I've been given the blessing of the opportunity to do it. The final groceries for completing all the various courses and such are arriving tomorrow, uh, supposedly between nine thirty and ten o'clock. Um, the um, I'll be cooking a, a turkey. Uh, Kunstler ham from Pennsylvania, and believe me, all hams are not created equal. If you understand anything about the Pennsylvania Dutch, they cook hams on a whole different level. They smoke them and cure them on a whole different level than any other place in the entire universe. All right? So when you have a piece of a Kunstler ham, it is a taste explosion that is unlike anything. You you will not you – will, you will say to yourself, I did not know ham could taste this good. So then, and that's just going to be a small ham because I don't need a lot, and um, just because of the sheer amount of different things. But praise God, um, we're going to be cooking um, 
the cranberry relish. Now, the cranberry relish, I, you know, for those of you who enjoy Thanksgiving and everything as much as I do, then you will enjoy this testimony. If you do not enjoy Thanksgiving uh, or, or have some hindrance there, and then you can send me an email at jbaptist777 at gmail.com. And if you can find your way here, you're welcome to come. <laughs> okay. But um, we have to prepare all of the um, hors d'oeuvres, um, the spinach salmon dip, which is just basically you get smoked salmon, uh, spinach, you know, frozen spinach is good enough. And then you pour a whole bottle of um, bacon ranch over the top of it and mix it all up. And let me tell you something, folks. <laughs> Everybody will think you are a culinary genius. And it's so simple. Everything that I actually everything that I make essentially is very simple. It's just it has it's a taste explosion that most people have never experienced. It's really really good. Um, but we have to pre cook a lot of the things and pre prep a lot of the things. Now most of it's put together and assembled the morning of Thanksgiving. The corn pudding, the Brussels sprouts au gratin almond bean, uh, the um, brown buttered green beans with wal- walnuts. Um, my daughter wants to do do her version of a funky can uh, you know candy yam pie thing. I'm just you know a regular you know yams. I just toss the yams. I I just throw the yams in a big cooking pot. I dump a bottle of uh, Mrs. Butterworth's over it and a couple of sticks of butter, and uh, maybe a, a bunch of brown sugar as well. And then I just let them boil on the stove until they're ready, and I just dump them into the pan and serve them up that way. I think those are fine. But she wants to do something, I think, quite a bit sweeter, <laughs> okay, which is fine. So praise God for that. Um, the corn pudding, praise Jesus, that is so easy to make. You just throw uh, a bunch of corn, a frozen corn from the store into a 9 by 13 pan. And in a separate bowl, you take... Um, Eagle sweetened condensed milk, one can, uh, and about half a dozen eggs, and you beat them up real good, add some salt, and dump it over to the top of the corn and just bake it in, in a foil tent into your oven at 350. you got to watch it, though, because it's easy to overcook, and you just got to jiggle it every once in a while to make sure the center is, like, you know, pudding. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff I could tell you. I could share with you the whole menu, but it's it, it's it's a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, it, we, we will have absolutely no problem feeding anyone who shows up. That is for sure. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, both myself and my daughter are planning on going on a massive uh, keto uh, keto diet immediately afterwards. So neither of us want any of the leftovers. Um, so that's kind of good for everybody else. So anyway, praise God for that opportunity. Uh, I will be playing. I was doing some f- digging around in the old archives, <clears throat> and um, boy, I was finding some amazing shows that haven't been played in over 10 years, some really neat stuff. And so what I'm hoping to do is on the days, you know, so the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, Okay, that would be Wednesday through Saturday. I'm taking off, which means there will be no prayer vigil on the evening of the 25th. Okay, um, but I have been told uh, by very kind people out there that that's okay because they just go back to a prior prayer vigil and they spend time praying and um, uh, along with the program, and it uh, and it's you know 
fine. So there, you know, I've been told by folks. Now, granted, I also know that there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people out there that are very emotionally attached to the live prayer vigil concept. And um, so that's why I'm doing this announcement right now. I wanted to call out that on the 25th, next week on Friday night, uh, my recommendation would be to go back and grab an earlier prayer vigil, or I may actually post one of the prayer vigils where I did either a very important testimony or uh, perhaps covered, uh, you know, a, a very special, you know, an important topic. Um, so anyway, that that's important to be aware of. However, on the 27th, uh, we will have Brian Melvin joining us again. He was taking heaven and hell and all that, and it's a fantabulous testimony. Praise Jesus. And he's still doing wonderful works for the Lord, and he agreed to come back on and share his testimony again, which is awesome. But then going into December, I might as well just go ahead and finish this off. December is a double jeopardy thing as far as the shows. I call it double not double jeopardy in the sense that I'm going to actually have two Fridays back to back that I will not be able to do the prayer vigil. So I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, if I'm going to go back, like way back on the way back uh, wheel and, and find, you know, like a prayer vigil from like several years ago before I learned the things that I learned, you know, just for the fun of it, and maybe republish those on the 16th and the 23rd. Because the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th, I will be in Pennsylvania with my family. And the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th, um, that that's my Christmas time with my family, hopefully, you know, I have nothing is solidified, but I'm talking about because I got I got my family here in Florida. Long story. I'm not going to get into the details. And then, of course, my Pennsylvania family, which is where my sisters and, you know, a myriad of people that are through marriage and such uh, are uh, live, live and are a part of my family. And so that's going to be a blessing, too. So anyway, praise God. I wanted to go ahead and, and make this an official announcement. And for those, particularly those of you who are attend the prayer vigils, um, I'm not saying that people that are that listen to only the other shows are not passionate about Jesus, but I just think there's a, an extra ingredient into those in, inside of the hearts of those who want to praise God together, who want to use spiritual war, very effective spiritual warfare tactics. I mean, I can tell you folks, it blows my mind, but God is always confirming things for me. I uh, just recently had an individual, I don't remember their name, I just don't. Too much going on, too many different information vectors pouring out on top of me at one time. It, my cup runneth over, let's put it that way. But I was very blessed to remember that uh, one individual who I don't I do not believe I have a regular communication with this individual. I believe that they were new to me. I didn't recognize their name, as I recall, or if I did, it was vague. Um, but after 11 years and you know over 4.6 million listens, blah blah blah, and all that kind of stuff, you, you know, you, there's an awful lot of people that you lose contact with and such. But anyway, this individual said to me, "I listened to the prayer vigil and how you were." praying with the holy fire of God, and I put it into effect in my life, and it has changed everything. 
Um, I don't know. The person did not elucidate on how, you know, what kinds of attacks they were under or what was going on in their life or whatever. But evidently, that seemed to be the key uh, for them to break free of whatever exceedingly negative spiral of events that they were in the midst of. Uh, and, you know, so I don't, like I said, I don't know, you know, were they being attacked by witch covens? Were they, you know, is it SRADID type of a thing? There's it, The person didn't reveal that, but they did, re, they did say, thank you so much for demonstrating those prayers and showing me because I put that into action in my life and it changed everything. So that was that's one of the things that the Lord does for me periodically um, to remind me that it's important to keep on going, that there's always a rotation of new listeners that come and go. There are some that can receive it, and there are others that will go back to their Bible and hug it like a teddy bear because they're uncomfortable with ex- with learning things that are unbelievably awesome about our Father but are not to be found in your Bible. Because everything that's in the Bible is true, but not everything that is true is in the Bible. So if we're going to transcend and receive God's mysteries and receive all of the possible, all of the things that that are very likely going to become ours in eternity, and even while we're on this earth, through power, through Christ, if we're going to receive those things, then we're going to have to expand our, uh, uh, you know, sanctified imaginations and grab a hold of the possibilities. It's not a matter of jamming a notion down somebody's throat that doesn't want to hear it. It's It's about using our sanctified imaginations and asking ourselves, what if? And if so, what a blessing. Praise God. So I personally feel sorry for people who are uncomfortable. I understand being there. I used to be like that. But God's calling in my life, which he made very clear, and I didn't receive it very easily, um, was to go beyond to, to to become an expert on the foundations of the Scripture and to know the Scriptures, to memorize the Scriptures, to see them not only you know, on the written page, but also to feel them in my heart and to be able to weave the tapestry and the harmony of the Scriptures at a spiritual level across the entire Bible. And that was a place I never thought that I would come to. I didn't even know that place existed. And um, and I just have to praise God because all of the, especially the really controversial things that he's shown me are true. Our Heavenly Father has gone out of his way to make me absolutely, beyond any shadow of a doubt, certain that they are true. And if there's anything that I believe is highly likely for a certain reason. I will explain it that way. I won't say I'm absolutely beyond any of a shadow of a doubt positive that this is going to happen, but I will give the testimony of what did happen and what the likely meaning is. And that's fine. If if a person doesn't want to receive it, that's perfectly fine with me. If a person doesn't want to receive the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, all these things are pre-existence. 
as minor gods. What, what, what does it mean to be the elect? Is everybody the elect? Not according to my Bible. So um, uh, it, it is an, an incredible blessing, and I just wanted to share the blessing that God has given me uh, on the days that I've been given off, um, you know, because, it, it, I mean, really, folks, when you think about it with the supply chain shortages, um, you know, there have been an unlimited number of threats, and there still continue to be uh, highly publicized, headline-based Call them for lack of for lack of a better term, we'll just call them threats that state in the headlines that there are going to be rolling blackouts in the United States, that there are definitely going to be blackouts and rolling blackouts and people dying of freezing cold in, in the in the European Union. Um, <clears throat> there's constant headlines about um, you know, shortages of food, running out of diesel, all this kind of stuff happening that could jettison this country into that financial collapse that we are all ought to be watching for and ready for. Because once that happens, the gates are wide open for our departure. Because I can tell you, his, one thing that I've been gifted with is a pretty darn good understanding of history. And I can tell you that when people get hungry, when when the money is not available anymore, you can pretty much count, you can count on that being the beginning of the real war. Oh, there'll be rumors of wars. Oh, there'll be winds of wars. Oh, there'll be threats and treaties being signed all over the place. But the real bombs don't start flying until people get hungry. Which indicates pretty strongly that once the petrodollar collapses, the missiles are going to start flying. I'm not talking about nuclear missiles, the destruction of Babylon the Great. That doesn't happen until later. But things are going to really escalate, and there will be no question. It won't be some sort of special operation from Russia against the Nazis in the Ukraine. We're talking about the big stuff's coming out. But when that's going to happen, we have no idea. It could be, it could, we could just go through a steady, antichrist-driven, uh, Biden, uh, uh, reptilian, slow, ten thousand, you know, death by fifty thousand cuts, miserable, you know, kind of, you know, more and more LGBT being shoved in our face, more and more horrible things being done to children, being shoved in our face. We, you know, we have no idea how much of this we're going to have to endure and how sickening and horrific it's going to continue to become. We don't know. And I think it's a better place to be. This is just my opinion. It's an, it, and it's a growth thing. Because when I was when I started this show in 2011, I could not have handled what I am talking about now. I couldn't have handled it. That I wasn't emotionally mature to be able to handle it. I couldn't. If anybody even suggested that the rapture was going to be sometime two or three years into the future, I would shut my 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 brain. Everything shut off. I rebuke it. I wouldn't want to hear anything about it. I would tell something. Forget about that. If you know if somebody was being considered as a guest to come on the show and they wanted to talk about the rapture in 2029 or 2019 or whatever the case, no, I wouldn't have anything to do with them because as far as I was concerned, they had to be wrong. I was stuck in my ways, and I, and over these years, I've you know 
It's the other way around. I have to, I cannot live like that anymore. And many people can't live like that anymore. So the only way that we can live is to find that joy by seeking the Lord, spending extra time in prayer, cutting ourselves off from the continuous flow of bad news from the lying media, but at the same time, keeping a watchful eye, even if it's just an, like a meerkat and popping your head up out of a hole and looking around and saying, hey, did the war start in North Korea yet? Were the nuclear missiles that shot from the bottom of the F-16 by the IAF uh, into Iran? Has that happened yet? Am I still able to get $10 out of the ATM? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I did want to share that it is it, for me, it's it's a blessing. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, you know, I also know it's going to be a bumpy road, as it always is for me. My, it is my destiny. And I think for s- some of us, I think, you know, we're, we're all going to experience different stuff. It's just as simple as that. You know, and, uh, you know, each I, I don't know the answer. None of us do. You don't know the answer why bad things are happening to you if they are right now. You don't know why, but there is a reason. And I can tell you that my blessing is what? Eightfold. I mean, I have so many things coming at me from so many different directions that could suck me into the pit and make me miserable, which they have historically, that I wouldn't even hardly be able to function. I mean, there have been times when I could go several days with no more than two and a half hours of sleep because I had so much stress, I'd roll around in my bed. I couldn't handle it. I had to let go of it all. And, you know, there's it's such a blessing when you do. But it, it's a journey. Letting go is not, it's not natural. Absolutely the opposite of everything natural. All of our normal human inclinations have to be eradicated. And we somehow have to be brought to a place, wherever that place is, <laughs> in our lives, where we, we're, whatever happens is okay. And it's and and we know that God's going to bring us through it because He's already done it, and he, and so why would He stop? He's done it for us. Admit it. He's done it for us when we were seeped in a lot more sin than we are today. So if He did it for us back then, surely He will do it for us again and again as we grow closer to Him in our walk. Father needs us. Our Father needs us. It's scriptural. It's written right in the Bible. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, God says. Can you imagine him saying, and, and there's several of those I, even I statements in that particular, you know, in Isaiah 43. But it's just fascinating that he would say it like that. I, yes, even I, the most high God of all of creation. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Just to read those words in the Bible where God would create a dynamic in our relationship whereby because he needs us, he wants to be able to blot out our transgressions. He wants us to come to him with our sin in our hands and say, look, I goofed up again. 
Um, he wants us to confess because that's the being. That's what we are. That's who we are. He doesn't want us to choose to sin. But when we dork things up and make colossal mistakes, he needs us. The the design of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the whole enchilada. It's all the dimensions. It's all the universes. It's all the trillions of life forms. It's the Orion Nebula with the portal that goes on into the eternal realm of the universes and, 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 and transcends the uh, containment zone that we're trapped in in this hologram that's outside of the – we're surrounded by the eternal realm, but we're trapped in a bubble in the middle of it. And the Orion Belt has like a portal that can be tra- transversed if God so allows it, if you're his, if you're part of his sons of God, if you are part of his angelic forces, if you have been sent to the earth or somewhere in this hologram on a mission, on a mission. Imagine that. It's amazing to discover all of these things. And then all of a sudden, the mystery scriptures, even of the book of Job, can you loose the belts of Orion? Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? Why are those, why are those sons, that's S-O-N, why are they in Arcturus? What are they doing there? And why are they called sons of God? What are they doing there in Arcturus? And why would God want to guide them? What's God have to do with them? It is just that big. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The next one up. Let's move back into the prayer vigil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And here we go. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by his blood. Father, any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, at the very moment that they set their wills against us, 
We declare the holy fire of God to shoot down from the heavens and to burn them in the screaming agony in Jesus' name, making them, uh, disarming them and making them a public spectacle in front of all the other demonic spirits to be taught a lesson. In the name of Jesus, scatter the darkness in all directions. In Jesus' name, Father God, we declare the holy fire to swirl around our households with a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, like a fire tornado, Father God. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you will sign mighty warrior angels to stand guard at our dwelling places in Jesus' name, continuously and unhindered. We pray this whirlwind of the Holy Spirit will sustain the holy fire of God, that it will wrap around our prayers, it will wrap around our praise, it will wrap around the, the, the times that throughout the day we just stop to say thank you, and that there will be no hindrance whatsoever in the name of Jesus, that at the moment that the holy fire might start to dwindle just a wee bit because of our distractions in the earthly realm, we declare and decree in the name of the Lord Jesus and plead with the courts of heaven for an injection of the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to reignite that fire and to continue it throughout the day and throughout our walk, particularly on the days, Lord, when we may not be able to spend more time in the secret place of the Most High because of schedule changes and things like that that, that come upon us. Father, we just praise you and we exercise the rule of the victor, our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, over every demonic region that would attempt to set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, against any demonic region that would permit these spirits in or through their territory. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving from power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all of their schemes, the cancellation of all of their assignments. We Tear up all their contracts in the mighty name of Jesus. Penalties applied. We cast them into the pit, and we could declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree in Jesus' name the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Penalties applied into the pit in Jesus' name. And we plead, oh, holy Lord Jesus, seal the pit with your blood for only you can break the seals. We thank you, Father God, for greater things than these will we do because you, our Lord Jesus, have gone unto the Father. Praise your name. Surround us with your fire. Surround every prayer, every utterance, every moment, every mention in praise that we lift up to you throughout every day this week. We pray that it is surrounded continuously by a white hot holy fire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, scattering the darkness in all directions. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Father God, and thank you. At this time, I grab out, grab the holy oil that I have here in the, in the Golden J.I.B. Studios. Praise God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Putting the lid back on real quick here. All right, we consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership, Lord Jesus, into your hands, into our Father's hands. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We decree the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river, to wash away all of the impurities from every particle that makes up our existence here in this 
holographic containment zone, type of a intergalactic prison of sorts. We plead the blood of Jesus upon us to cleanse us with your purity. We decree that no weapons raised against us, earthly or spiritual, or fiery darts that are shot against us shall even exist. For the moment that that occurs, we decree the fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar and to vaporize the weapons. In the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke the devil and his demons. You must flee in Jesus' name. We cancel all demonic assignments, tear up all demonic contracts against us or our loved ones. We break all yokes of bondage and all curses placed against us. We declare the holy fire of God. Again, a thorny hedge of protection to surround us on all sides and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it. White hot, punching through the spiritual realm and into the throne room of God. We decree that whirlwind of the holy fire in Jesus' name to sustain. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for, for a specialized platoon of warrior angels on a search-and-destroy mission on our behalf. Father, we pray that they will go into our workplaces. We pray that they will go into the homes of our loved ones. We pray, Father God, that they will go into any aspect of our lives, that, and any portals that have been opened up, anything that we are unaware of, any attacks that are being planned. Father, we pray that they will search it out. Shut it down by the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. And we praise you again, for the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, you do turn them wherever you wish. And when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you do, we thank you. And we insist upon thanking you no matter what it is. We pray, Father, that we are ready in our hearts for whatever it is we have to go through. Let only your will be done in us. Father, we ask you that this become the desire of our hearts. If we need a course correction, correct it. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your long-suffering and patience. You, Father, know us better than anyone, of course. Into your hands we commit our souls and spirits. We offer it to you with the love of our heart, because we love you, Abba Father. We do. I love you. I think you're awesome. I think you're amazing. I think you're awesome. I praise you, Jesus. I cannot wait to meet you. I do. I will... I will never, never take down my Jesus flag from my house. I will never, never take off the Jesus sign on the back of my car. I will never, ever fear man. Ever. I praise you, Lord, for the opportunity that you have given me to lay my life down for you if necessary. We surrender ourselves into your hands without reserve, with boundless confidence, because you are our Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name.
thought it would be fun to um, read one of the most awesome psalms, uh, you know, I think, in the the Bible. And there's a lot of them, but I think this one's really awesome. But I thought it would be fun, kind of neat, 
to explore it in the uh, New Living Translation. Um, praise God. So let's 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 read it. Psalm one thirty nine verse one. O Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down, and you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. And if I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning and if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as a bright day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O Father. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out all this wickedness out of my life. These murderers, they blaspheme you and your enemies. They misuse your name, Father. Shouldn't I hate those who hate you? But shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? But yes, I, yes, I hate them with a total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything inside of me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Praise God. Now, I'm going to show you something neat. Jesus Christ came to the earth and he brought to us a new covenant. A... um, It supersedes the Old Covenant, right? So here where it says, Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who opposes you? Well, see, when Jesus came, he superseded these scriptures right here. So Psalm 139, verse 21, and Psalm 139, verse 22 are now struck from the record. The old contract has been superseded by the new. That's one of the reasons why I call Jesus' covenant the covenant of love. It's the love covenant. 
So we don't hate anybody who hates our Father. We don't hate anybody who hates Jesus. We pray for them because we too love them like Jesus does. I've had people, pastors and all kinds of stuff over the years. You could say it's kind of a blessing, but it's actually a kind of a sad thing too. You know, point to Old Testament scriptures as a as a defense for overriding the mandates that Jesus gave us, not understanding the concept of precedence at all, just wanting to satisfy their own fleshy desire to do something naughty because they couldn't understand loving no matter what, loving unto death, carrying your cross to your death, willfully laying down your life to be like Jesus. They couldn't comprehend it. Their fleshy minds overcame that which was holy. But it's fascinating when you do understand the old contract versus the new contract, the old covenant versus the new covenant. The only difference between a contract and a covenant is covenant is eternal. Contract can be broken, you know, in a court of law. But the, the the principles of precedence, loosing a clause, binding a new clause, Jesus coming into the scripture and saying, "You have heard it. It is said that if you want to get divorced, you just hand you know a, uh, you know them a divorce certificate and it's all over." But I say, but I say. Those are new binding clauses in the new eternal contract. Praise God. Very, very exciting. It explains the unexplicable to so many out there. And the funny thing is, for me, I have been very blessed because, I don't know, God built me in a weird way. I don't know why. I don't I don't understand it. I cannot fathom it like it says in Psalm 139. I, I can't. But I've never had the ability to stay upset at somebody for even, like, 60 seconds. I mean, somebody could literally you know, cheat on me, crush me, betray me, steal tens of thousands of dollars from me, try to destroy my life. I mean, and I just don't have the ability. It's not in me. I don't have the capability to be guilty of the sin of um, unforgiveness. (laughs) I don't have the ingredients inside of me. Because I instantly forgive everybody for everything, and I don't know why, but I've been like that since I was a kid. The concept of holding a grudge and not immediately forgiving and forgetting. See, a lot of people think, they will say things like, well, I've forgiven them, but by golly, I'm not going to forget it. And I'm like, well, then you haven't forgiven them. (laughs) You you, You don't like, you know, if you really forgive somebody, then you're not going to be sitting there holding a grudge. Well, I don't want to, you know, be unwise and let it happen to me again. I don't want to be a fool. I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm going to always believe they're going to do, you know, that kind of, No. Forgive and forget. What is, what is, who are we supposed to be like? Jesus. Why does the scripture say, you know, I will not remember your sins? 
Do you want God remembering your sins? I know the Bible says, everyone shall give an account. But here's the thing. If you walk in this, if you walk in these words, then when then you'll be able to boldly come before the, the beam of judgment seat of Jesus. You're going to know that he's going to look you in the eyes and say, hey, how's it going? You know, you're not going to be shaking in your boots, freaking out, because you've already had those conversations with him, and he knows who you are. You're his friend. So you know, I always get a little bit of a kick out of those who are so quick to the to the uh, to the sword, you know, the 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 uh, the you know the finger shaking thing. You know, you're gonna have to give an account for everything. You, you know, and I'm like. Well, if I'm going to have to give an account for everything that I said, you know, the poor people behind me in the beam of judgment seat line are going to be there a really long time. <laughs> That's why I'm in constant repentance, constant confession of sins, constant seeking God in tears, because I, it, it occurred to me, <laughs> I don't even have a shot. Okay, I'm like worse than the tax collector in the parable, the tax collector in the Pharisees. So, you know, when you come to that realization, it's a, it's a complete surrender situation. And you look forward to talking to Jesus. You know that he understands. I'm constantly examining my heart. There are things in my life that I have to do or do not, whatever, just different dynamics. We all have them in our lives that are private, you know, they're between me and me, you know, but I know that they're not between just me and me because I know that that the Lord is a part of me always, and I wouldn't have it any other way, but I'm always examining my heart. I know what is right and what is wrong. I'm not going to get into the details of some of these things, but there would be plenty of Christians that would rebuke me and shake their finger at me. Uh, You can't do that. You can't do that. You're sinning. You're sinning. And I'm like, the only reason they think that is because they don't really understand their own scripture. But that's okay. We're commanded not to get into those little, you know, debates. (laughs) It's we're we're just, you know, when somebody feels like they've got to do, you know, they got to be right at sunset. They got to light the Sabbath candles. They got to Baruch Adonai, you know, that whole deal. If that's what they believe and that's what they want to do, if they want to do Festival of Lights and Hanukkah and light the oil lamps and all that kind of stuff and do that whole deal and play with dreidels, let them do it. Just say, God bless you. It's all right. And if they want to shake their finger at you, that's their that's their own condemnation. Judge not the E, be judged. Oh, but I'm only admonishing somebody to correct their walk. <laughs> hmm. I bet you do it three or four times a day, too. People who understand will never judge. People who judge will never understand. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And on that note, let's enter into communion.
disciples were seated about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I eagerly yearned for the supper, and that you'd suffer so we children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. So they did not understand the reach of his plan. In his love, we were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gathered from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the king and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to plead to the heavenly force, you lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had covered the cross, and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as the heaven exploded in tears. We were freed from our chains, now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather the memory of our soul, destroyer of death. By the time we remember, all scars will be healed. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and his bride. When our waiting has ceased.
chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, unbelievably long patience, none is long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. 1 Peter 2.9, Colossians 3.12, Philippians 4.8. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. 1 Timothy 3:16. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up in the glory. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, we pray that you all please have mercy upon us every day. Because every day we screw up. Every day we say something we should not, or we think something we shouldn't ought. Every day we have a faith issue that we should have, or wished we could have overcome. 
In Romans 14.23 it says, that which is not from faith is sin. So we're pretty much always in sin. Father, we pray that according to your tender mercies, that you will blot out all of our transgressions. Blot them out. Don't remember them. Wash us, Father, please, from our iniquity, those belief systems that cause us to sin over and over again. Cleanse us, Father, from our sin and wash us in utter purity. Father, we admit our transgressions, we admit our iniquity, we admit our sin. It is always before us and only against you, sir. You, our Father, you, Lord Jesus, have we sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Praise you, Lord. Behold, we were brought forth in iniquity, in iniquity and in sin. Our mothers conceived us. Imagine that. In sin, our mothers conceived us. That's a powerful statement. Praise you, Jesus. Wonder why. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You will make us to know your wisdom. Father, we pray that you will purge us with hyssop. Wash us and make us whiter than snow. And help us, Father, to feel deep in our hearts the joy, the gladness, to look back upon all of the times when we had to go through the fiery trials and tribulations and the difficulties, even some of us now. Help us, Father, to rejoice to be able to see and remember the times before when we've gone through similar trials. How by your grace, somehow, we were brought to a new place and we're going yet even to a better place. So we ask you, Lord, always to blot out all of our iniquity, to create a clean heart in us every day. Renew a steadfast spirit within us. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit, Father. Give us guidance and extra protection of your angels upon and around about our emotions that they do not suck us into a whirlwind of despair and anxiety, but instead we are blessed by your peace. Restore to us, Father God, the joy that ought to be in our heart because of our salvation that you gave us and uphold us by your generous spirit. And then we can touch other people's lives. We won't be so wrapped up in our own misery. We can touch other people's lives. And sinners will be converted to you. Deliver us, Father God from the guilt of our prior sin. Let it have no hold over us because you are our Father 
and you have forgiven us. Let us confess continuously and let us sing aloud always of your righteousness. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Lododi Lee. I am my beloved. And my beloved is mine.
are the sons of God. We're the masters of the devil as pathetic, stinking demons. And we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30 So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. The key takeaway there is the land. God was so concerned about destroying the land or was it the people on the land that he was concerned about? We know. Also, Father, we heard your voice saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Father, here we are. Send us. John fourteen twelve to 14 Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go unto my Father. Where is Jesus now? Right? So, are we in the greater works than these will we do season? <laughs> That's no-brainer, right? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, that the Father may be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, providing it glorifies my Father, I will do it. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now to me, that sounds like a lot. Exceedingly abundantly? Who says those words together? Right? Um, praise God. It's just so amazing. Matter of fact, I'm going to take a look at that in the NLT just for the fun of it. Ephesians 3.20. Let's do that. Let's see what it says. Ephesians 3.20. There we go. Okay, so in, in the NLT it says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. <laughs> Pretty much simplifies it a little bit. <laughs> Took out the exceedingly abundantly. That's funny. Praise God. I had to just take a look and see. Hallelujah. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Wait, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Looks like that reflects back on 1 John 3, 8 and 9. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. What are we supposed to do if it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me? Ah, trick question, huh? Nope. Colossians 2, 15. Jesus Christ on the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it through the cross. Now listen, how do you make a public spectacle of that? It says right here, disarmed principalities and powers. So those would be second order demons, the ones that reside in the air, um, you know, that awful horrible place that surrounds the earth that we can't see. Thank you, Jesus. And I'd prefer to keep it that way. Um, but look, what's the whole concept of pu making a public spectacle of them? So evidently, 
obviously, when we fight them, they are humiliated that they're being beaten. That's why they would be made a public, what public? Public where? On Arcturus? Times Square? No. In the air where they reside, in that horrible, um, if it wasn't for the testimony of people that I know that were taken to heaven that had to go through that spiritual, disgusting place where these second-order demons reside, quite powerful, by the way. Not more powerful than we are, though. Not when we use the power of the word. Wonder who that is. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Dewell, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. James 5.16b, the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning impassioned, passionate, having or displaying a passionate intensity, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. Not mamby-pamby, wimpy. Powerful. Thank you, Jesus. We cast out demons, Mark 16, 17 to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants. And if they drink anything deadly, the word drink means to ingest or allow it to enter your body, it will by no means hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's nothing made on planet Earth. They are muddy in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing, like principalities, powers, spirituals, and wickedness, in high places. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities. We wrestle against the powers. We wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this age, and we wrestle against the spiritual host of wickedness in high places. Luke 10, verse 19, Jesus said to the 70 after he sent them out to use his name, they came back, their minds were absolutely blown. Even the demons will respond to your name. And Jesus just looks at him and goes, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, do you think that these promises apply to those who do not apply the Scriptures? 
the people who sit on their hands, the people who do not understand their authority, the people who did, who pump the collection plates and show up for churchianity and make John, Donald Trump their Lord and Savior and pretend like Jesus is their first love and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that any of these verses apply to them? I can tell you as a fact they don't. Our Father is quid pro quo. Unless they repent, unless they recognize the error of their ways, which they ought to be doing on a daily basis, actually probably throughout the day like I do, and we all ought to be doing, the second that we know that our heart is in a wrong place and we thought something that we shouldn't have thought or felt something that we shouldn't have felt, it's time to confess immediately. I'm sorry, Father, I did it again. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, because, you know, he was waiting for them to come running together after all. They were scattered around on the hills and all other, but then they saw him there, and he said, oh, look, they're all running together. They're coming toward me. Look at that. It's my opportunity. And then he said, he rebuked the unclean spirit once all the people came running together. He waited. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. He waited for the people to come running together because he, the Father, would be glorified by the Son. Our Heavenly Father loves overt. Hopefully you know what that word means. O-V-E-R-T. He absolutely adores overt acts of faith. The more overt they are, the more public they are, the more likely he is to move in a mighty way. Mark twelve twenty eight. But if I Jesus speaks, he says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of kingdom can't speak tonight. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house, the human body, and plunder his goods? the demons, the subordinate demons, unless he binds the superior demon known as the strong man. And then he will get rid of the subordinate demons and plunder his house, get him out of the body. Matthew twelve forty three. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order because all the demons were cast out. Verse 45, but then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than themselves, and they enter and dwell there. Why were they allowed to do that? Because they had a legal right. It says right here, so shall it be with this wicked generation. Because they failed to go and sin no more. That's why. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. We praise your holy name. We praise you for the power. We praise you for the authority. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. We praise you, Father, because it is without, without you, Father God, and without the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, without our understanding of what you have designated us to do on behalf of the kingdom, we would not understand what our calling is and how powerful the power is that you have bestowed upon us through the blood of our Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. We come before your awesome throne of grace. We come before your awesome courts of heaven. Father, we hold up a golden cup of forgiveness. We hold on up before you symbolically a golden cup of forgiveness on behalf of all the peoples of the lands. Hallelujah.
of the Caribbean and Central America. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we pray that you will pour out this golden cup of forgiveness upon every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of the Caribbean and the lands of Central America. Father, please forgive them, for they know not what they do. Please forgive them all. They know not what they do, Father. For as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and your servant Daniel did in chapter 9, 24, we confess of their sins before thee, Father. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. They are broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Demons of darkness, we have loosed your legal rights to these people in the Caribbean, these people in Central America. Your legal rights are loosed. You must release them now. Principalities, powers, strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of the Caribbean and Central America, we come against you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you thereof in Jesus' name. And we declare and decree in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and by his blood the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions, of warrior angels and archangels, fully clad in the armor of God, diamond-tipped sword, sharp as razor blades, to enter into the spiritual realm above these lands and to cut you into pieces and to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, strong men, subordinate spirits, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples in the Caribbean and Central America. We command you, come forth, strong men, out now, subordinate spirits, get out. You have no right to be there. We command it in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon them now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. We decree the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them, to hold them up as an example of what happens. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit. For only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, even if but for a time, even if but for a time, we declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate all of the peoples of the lands of the Caribbean and Central America on all sides, Job 1.9, in the name of Jesus. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. And we decree the abundant grace of God, the living water, the crystal river, down into their soul and spirit to fertilize the, the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen in Jesus' name. And we plead, Father God, for an innumerable company of angels of light and love in the presence of our Lord Jesus to descend upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their their instruction, Job 33, 
14:15. Alleluia. And in standing and open visions of the day, Father, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power, unhindered to move by your will, Father. In the name of Jesus, your will be done. And we know that you would want not one to perish. And we praise your holy name for sending these angels into their dreams and visions and calling them home. Father, we ask you that you would be glorified, that you would be glorified to increase the numbers of the bride, to increase the numbers of those who will sing praises to your name in heaven, and to allow these powers, the power of heaven to fall upon these people and change them forevermore in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up the golden bowl of forgiveness symbolically before thee. On behalf of every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of North America. Father, please pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness upon the peoples of the lands of Mexico, the peoples of the lands of the United States of Babylon, the peoples of the lands of Canada, the people in Alaska, Hawaii, even Bermuda, and all provinces of North America. Father, in the name of Jesus, please forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. In Jesus' name, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of North America for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered into those lands. In Jesus' name. Father, we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of North America before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness by the demons against them. We renounce them. We rebuke them. Father, we break all yokes of bondage. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of each one of their family trees until before there was time in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of North America, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by his blood, we declare fire swords of cherubim that cut you into pieces, we decree fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in horrific screaming agony sticking to you like white hot magnesium napalm scream in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke you demons of darkness, hallelujah, we thank you Jesus. We declare hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels to descend upon you and to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior. Strong men, come forth. We have loosed your legal rights to the peoples of the lands of North America, and we command you to release them now. Let them go. Subordinate spirits, we command you in Jesus' name, out. We decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon you, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you, to set an example of you before your other demonic entities. 
Thank you, Jesus. We declare that pit to be welded shut. We declare the fire to permeate it and to burn you in perpetuity. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Hallelujah. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate, to completely encapsulate on all sides, Job 1.9, every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue in the lands and provinces of North America in Jesus' name. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for your abundant grace, the living water, the crystal river, to descend upon them and to fertilize the soil of their hearts that, Father God, these prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in accordance with the promises that you have given us in John fifteen sixteen, Father, we plead and pray for an innumerable company of angels of light and love in the presence of our Lord Jesus to extend your hand to each one of them in dreams and visions so vivid in their heart that when they wake up the next day, they will know that they have met the lover of their souls. Father, we pray these things because we know that it is your will. We know that you want to bring your people home. And we know that nowadays, especially the vast majority of them, well, sadly, are not in a place that would be conducive to them making it home the way that you want them to, Father. We pray for miracles to occur, angels to show, incredible dreams and visions across all of these lands to change hundreds of millions of people's lives for all of eternity to give you glory. Father, may we all stand by their side as we sing praises to you, Father, for all of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every single person that partakes in these prayer vigils, every single person that spends time in the secret place of the Most High, every single person that even mentions me for a moment in prayer, every single one, Father, every member, every person, I want to say member, because I don't believe in that. We're all members of the body of Christ. But every one of them, Father, that are hearing this message, whether it be live or several days later or a month later. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will draw them in closer, that you will lead them to a more intimate relationship with you, that you will reveal your power through them so they understand why we pray this way, what the scriptures mean, and what our calling is for the days that we are imminently standing before, that we may glorify you and ultimately meet our friend, even at the beam of judgment seat, that we would receive a hug and a welcome. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So tonight is the 18th of February. I'm squinting to see the calendar. Hallelujah. It looks like uh, next week on the 25th, which is Thanksgiving, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, I will be playing a uh, 
I don't know, best of prayer vigil or something like that. So anyway, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. I pray in Jesus' name that you are anointed. You are full of Christ. You continue to praise your way through all of the trials, tribulations, challenges, and you know that you know that you know that you know, no matter how ugly it seems like that what you're going through, no matter how dismayed you may be at this moment, I speak from a position of, 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 of uh, having gone through it myself in a big, big way. It's not going to last that long. It'll be over before you know it. And you'll look back on it and say, wow, God was with me the whole time. Start praising him for the result right now because you've already received it. In Jesus' name, I pray for you all. And I do. Continuously. Amen. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners at the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life we are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins We will be Your bride awaits Be patiently Churches gather, we're praying that 